Welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am your host, Kristen Goodman. I am a certified life coach and a mother to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Did you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you'll find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hi there, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm Kristen Goodman, and I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest today, Brooke Romney. She's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Find her at Brooke Romney Writes. If you are a mother, you need to follow her. If you have teens, you for sure need to follow her. She's written a wonderful book about embracing imperfection, connection, and Christ. It's called I Like Me Anyway. If you've ever doubted your worth or have felt less than, please go read this book. Her words resonated with me so much, and I know they will for you too. Welcome to the podcast, Brooke, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. I'm excited to to chat with you about teens and parenting and everything in between. I love it. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what has led you on this path. I really feel like you're a champion for teens and mothers. Yeah, it's interesting how all of our life paths um, don't end up where we thought they would. And I started writing. um, I've always been a writer, but I started writing about seven years ago, um, things that were a little bit more important, a little closer to my heart. And then it's just kind of gone gone from there. Um, But as I started raising, so my oldest right now is 17, almost 18. And as I was online and looking for resources and even Instagram accounts, I realized so few people were talking about teenagers and how to raise them and even just like the strong and hard emotions that come with being a mom to teens. And so I started sharing a little bit about that. And I had such a good response. I realized that there were so many other parents kind of looking for that validation or just some direction when it comes to teenagers that I started, um, I write a lot about empowering women to be their best selves. And that includes being able to be the mothers to little kids, but also to teenagers that they want to be. I love that. And I feel like that's how I found you and you just really resonated with me. And our kids are about the same age. My oldest is turning 18 this year also. And so, yeah, it's a tricky space. And we didn't have social media when our kids were little, little. It right. kind of came as they were growing. And so it was this weird space of, I can't share all of the things that my kids are yeah. doing and they don't, want to, they don't want me to share. And so then it did feel a little more isolating. Yeah, I but, think so. Yeah. So I love that you, that you share everything that you share about teens. And it really helps us and someone like me to do the same. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about your book because, and I will totally transparency. Let me just tell you, I got your book and I knew it would be great because I love everything you write, but I, I was surprised at how much it resonated with me about how connected I felt after reading it because you were just so real and you share your real experiences. It's not just, this is what I do and it's really motivational and it sounds great. It's like, no, I had to learn to develop myself and be this way, become closer to Christ. And I just loved that. Thank you so much. I, so a couple of things with the book, I am not someone who likes self-help books, but I had a message that I wanted to share. And so I wanted to do it 
in a format that I would enjoy. So someone who doesn't like self-help, I think a lot of times my issue with self-help and even parenting books sometimes is my kids are really different, each of them. And with one of them, nothing ever seemed to work. And so what I wanted to do was to not have someone read this book and think, okay, here's a checklist of what I should do or what I need to do, become a better person or become a better mom or become a better friend. But I wanted to share stories and experiences that would help them be inspired to how they personally could do better in their own life, but more importantly, understand how wonderful they already are. Because I think whenever we try to improve ourselves from a point of feeling bad for ourselves or less than or worthless, it doesn't go well. And so the book is really to remind women and men of the goodness that's already inside of them, of all that they already are. And then that feeling of worth, I feel like is a natural propellant for people to change in important and positive ways. I totally agree with you. There's a change when you want, want to improve yourself and you come from a place of like, you're enough just as you are. Mm-hmm. And so you can do all of these things that you want to do. Instead yeah. of you need to do these things in order to feel good enough. That message, you did such a great job in portraying that in your book. There's a chapter that I really love, and I even dog-eared the page, and it talks about the power to change. And I loved this chapter so much because I, two things, because I love coaching parents. I noticed as you began this chapter and you're talking about your son and how he came to you and said he thought he was having, he might be feeling a little depressed. And I thought, wow, for your son to come to you and tell you that is huge. And there are so many parents who are, are, especially now, there's a lot of youth who are feeling depressed or anxious, and there's a lot of parents who want to help them. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so let's talk about that um, because you do it so well. Tell us a little bit about that experience with your son and how you created that safe space for him so that he could come to you. Well, I have to say, I don't know that we were always awesome at it, but we've been through some hard things together and as a family. And one of the things that I just feel so strongly about is that we don't have to hide bad things. We don't have to hide weaknesses. We don't have to be embarrassed of faults or frailties. Um, And I want my kids to know that too. And so it's okay for us to talk about things they're not as good at or things they're struggling with because it's not like this human defect. It's just who they are, you know, and it's who I am too. I have plenty of problems and defects and I like to be honest and open with them. And so we did a lot of learning, you know, I'm now on my third teenage boy and you know, you learn so many lessons along the way. Um, But we've just always really tried to keep a home where our kids could be open and tell us things and that they could feel loved and supported and also not be completely afraid of consequences because of either bad decisions or um, poor choices. And so we have a pretty open household now. Sometimes sometimes I'm like, are we too open? Maybe I don't need to know all that. Um, <laughs> but overall, it's a really good thing. And so we started that. And honestly, I would have to say like some of that started because of some really hard situations. And so I guess I wouldn't wish those on people. But sometimes hard situations create necessary change in our family. And so we are really open and we have a policy where it's okay for me to say, Hey, like I'm noticing this in you, you know, like 
what's going on? This feels different. You, you feel like you're pulling away or you, I feel like you're not very open with us right now. Like, is there something going on? And so being able to have those conversations and Kristen, one thing that's interesting, I always thought that I would be an open parent, but for some reason, even if you're a very open person, sometimes you're not quite sure how to have those conversations as your kids start getting older. You're like, do I have this conversation? Do I open, do I bring this up? Do I introduce this into their lives? And so if parents are listening and they're like, ha, oh, I thought I'd be open, but I'm not, it does take practice and like yeah. a real like conscious effort to, to create a home like that. I agree. It does take practice and it takes doing it and doing it wrong and saying, mm-hmm. Oh, that didn't work. I'll say it differently the next yep. time. That's how it was for me too. Um, I love how you approached your son about that. Like, I'm not, what did you say? How did you say it? I'm noticing. Um, You said, I'm noticing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm noticing noticing you're not as open and it doesn't sound judgmental. It doesn't sound like you're accusing them of anything. It just, it's something that you are feeling. Yeah. And you're able to be honest about that. And it's, I feel like it comes from a place of concern instead of, why are you so lazy? Why don't you do your homework? It's like, Hey, I'm noticing you're sleeping a lot more than normal. Like, are you super tired? Are you not getting to bed? Like, and that kind of creates conversation instead of accusation. I'm not perfect at it certainly, but when I do it that way, um, I think there's a lot of openness instead of defensiveness from our kids. Yeah, that's really good. Openness instead of defensiveness. Cause I think that is what, is kind of a go-to. It's kind of what we tend to do. We mm-hmm. say things and then our teens just automatically get defensive and then it causes yeah. a power struggle. Well, and I think even if we like extend that to who we are as adults, like we do the exact same thing. You know, if, if your spouse comes to you and says, why aren't you doing this? You know, that immediately you're defensive. Whereas if they say, Hey, like I'm noticing like laundry seems out of control. Like, is there something I can do to help? That's so, that's so different than, oh my gosh, I never have any clean socks. You know, it's just, it's human nature. And we have to realize that our kids, our teenagers are just like we are. They appreciate kindness and respect and they appreciate concern and people that they know actually care about them. I love that. And I think that is a great way to establish boundaries and expectations, because if you have an expectation that their clothes are picked up, and you say, hey, I'm noticing that you've got a lot of clothes on the floor, whatever the situation is, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You're kind of honoring what they're going through and helping them, but also maintaining your expectation of totally. keeping their, their room clean or whatever the case may be. Well, and even like we actually had a situation like that with one of my kiddos and he just said, I'm so busy. Like I am so stretched and he really is. He's doing a lot and a lot of good things. And so for us, we kind of came to the agreement that he would get his room clean on Saturdays and we would shut the door if it was bothering us. <laughs> and I know like that doesn't work for everyone. It kind of depends on what your personality is, but what he's doing is important to us. And those things, like we're happy that he's doing all that and taking these hard classes and staying on top of things. And so we were able to give a little bit, but also to maintain expectations of, okay, every Saturday though it needs to be done and your laundry needs to be finished and you know, all yeah. of that. I love that. I love that so much because you're honoring where he's at and he's communicating with you and sharing his life experience with you. And then you're, you're creating a, a place of 
what's the word where you're working together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's great. So I want to talk about keeping our kids motivated Mm. because as you know, the older they get, especially where we're at now in the world where some kids aren't going to school, they're, they're learning remotely and you know, some are going half time. I know when my kids started learning remotely, all of my kids are different. And so some enjoyed that they enjoyed online learning and some really missed the social side of school. Mm -hmm. But I noticed across the board, my kids were way less motivated. They were less motivated to get ready for the day. And it's okay. Like I can give them, cut them some slack. Right. Yeah. But over time, and I loved in this chapter, this chapter 10, where you really do talk about the importance of healthy living and exercise and, you know, movement and how that's Mm -hmm. so important to our teens. So how can we motivate our teens to do those things? Well, I think a lot of it really is helping them understand themselves. Um, And that's kind of what we try. So I have four boys, three of them are teenagers. Um, A couple of them have a really easy time staying motivated and a couple of them do not. And so helping them understand the natural consequences of actions. So when my son came to me and said, you know, like, I think maybe I'm feeling depressed, which I take super, super seriously. There's mental health concerns um, in our family. And I would never just be like, oh, buck up. Like, that's definitely something to consider. But as we went through the actions that he was taking and it was like, okay, so tell me about like, what are you doing to stay mentally healthy? Like, what are you doing each day? And he was like, well, playing a lot of Xbox, right? Um, I'm not super motivated to, to join my friends and things. I'm not, you know, praying. There, there's all these things that he wasn't doing and then a lot of things that he was doing. And so as we walked down those, um, as we kind of went down that path, it was like, oh, okay, like you are, he was able to see, okay, so why don't I try improving my life, improving my health, improving what I'm doing and seeing if that makes a difference. And if it doesn't, then we can start looking into some more mental health concerns. Um, and one of the things I shared with him, and I, it, I hope it's okay if I read this from the book. Definitely. Um, I said, as cruel as it seems, Lack of motivation and dissatisfaction are vital to our growth. When we feel those feelings, we're pushed to make necessary changes in our lives to better ourselves, to connect with the divine, and to rediscover the spark inside of us. And I wanted him to understand for now and for the future that when he chooses to not engage in life, in the world, the direct consequence of that is to feel down. Because that's not who we were created to be. None of us were created and put on this earth so that we would play the Xbox or watch YouTube or TikTok for nine hours a day. That is nobody's purpose. Right. And so when we're not fulfilling our purpose, our, our brain and our heart know that. And they push our bodies and our thoughts to feel like change needs to happen. And so really working with my kids to evaluate who they are, what they're going through, what they're doing. And if change needs to happen in order for them to feel happier and more fulfilled. That's so good. And it sounds like you were really working with your son and guiding him instead of telling him what to do or telling him why he should get off of 
the Xbox. So you <laughs> right. really led him to see that for himself. And that's so good. That's such good advice for all of us parents as we parent our teens. Well, and I think like, especially for teenagers, when they can come to the conclusion on their own, that's when powerful change happens. Like right. we, and we've all given 400 lectures, me included, about what they should be doing. And then if they discover it on their own, they make the change. And so giving them opportunities for self-discovery, I think is really key in being a parent that for one, they can respect and like, but that also like steers their course into a productive, happy, fulfilling life. Yeah, that's so well said because our, our teens are smart. They are so smart. And that's one of the funnest things that I think about parenting teens is watching them learn and grow and have life experiences. And they really are so smart that when you give them the opportunity, they will, they'll rise up to it if we let them. Yes. Yes. And, and sometimes they won't because they're in a spot and that's okay, but you have to keep being willing to give them the opportunities to discover themselves. Yeah, that's great. All right. So one of the quotes in this book, and I love that you have these quotes in really bold print that takes up the whole page. So it's so nice. Um, and it says, God can do so much more with us than we can do with ourselves. And I love that. And I believe it to be true, but I want you to tell us how you learned that and really applied that lesson to your life. Well, I am a, a planner and I've always considered myself someone that has good ideas and that mostly wants to do good things. And so I thought that I had everything taken care of. Like I had a life plan. I had a path. I had things that I wanted to accomplish and do. And then um, life circumstance comes in and changes that path where I no longer have control. And as I look back on all of the things that I didn't want to happen or like the bad moments in my life or the disappointments that I thought, how come or why me or why us? Um, in the moment, we're so horrible and so, you know, maybe unfair or unsubstantiated. All of those moments are the ones who created that created either who I am personally, who like our family culture and identity, um, and who uh, those moments allowed the most growth for all of us. And I would never look back and say, oh, please don't take away those really hard financial years you know, or please, please take away the time when my son was being bullied or there's lots of things that seemed like the worst that created such better people because of them. And in the moment, if you, if, you know, if somebody said like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I prayed for God to just take it away, um, which didn't happen. But through those times, like I would never trade in who we are because of those. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I think that is what helps me too when I watch my kids struggle is thinking back on the struggles I've had. And same thing. It's like, that's what has led me to this space. That's why I am who I am. That's how I learned those hard lessons. And so I have to let my kids experience the same thing. And then mm -hmm. it brings me a little more peace in the moment. Yeah. I don't have to jump in and fix it, that it's yeah. going to be okay, that they're going to be okay. We can have confidence in our kids and in our teens that they're going to be okay, even through those hard things. Yeah. And it is, it's, it really doesn't make the moment any easier. Um, 
but it does give some perspective and help you kind of realize that there's a purpose. Yeah. Always a purpose. Okay. So the last question that I want to ask you, and this is a question I'm going to be asking all of my guests and it's how do you parent in the middle? So in this middle place of parenting where you allow your children to have their own thoughts and ideas and, and make their own decisions sometimes instead of telling them exactly what you want them to do or just letting them do whatever they want. There's this middle place. Yes. So how well, do you parent in the middle? It's actually so hard because it would be so much easier to just have a list of demands and have your kids obey. Um, For sure. But I have a child that has taught us how to do this because he has to learn things on his own. And so that has created a much different environment in our home. And so the way that I, I guess just a little advice for parenting in the middle, for one, enjoy the good times. You do not want to be the person that they think is always out to have a lecture or have a spiritual moment or, you know, any of those things that are so important, but to enjoy the good times, to be present, to laugh, to be silly, to engage in things that you don't love. Because then I feel like when the times are serious and important, there's a relationship that you've built that it will allow you, even if it is one of those serious times for them to still see you as a middle parent, to see you as someone who wants the best for them and not only loves them, but likes them and, and cares about their own hopes and dreams and desires. And then you can start approaching things that are more difficult. Um, when I think about being in the middle, there's a lot of, there's a lot of apologizing when you don't do things right. Yeah. There's a lot of working together in finding a solution to a situation where it's not like my way or the highway, but it's like, Hey, so you're, you coming home late isn't working for our family anymore. And what is the solution to that? Like, do you need a reminder text 15 minutes before you're supposed to be home? Would that be helpful? Or do you have this, you've got it and you just need a reminder that curfew is midnight, you know, or do you need us to relax once a month when you're, when you want to go to a movie and it's going to end at 1215? Do we need to say yes to that so that all the other nights you can be home on time, but really just having that openness and a conversation and a willingness to bend when the time is appropriate and then knowing kind of where your boundaries are and when you have to say, I'm sorry, this is something that's important and we've got to stick to the rules. So good. So good. And it really comes from a place of confidence because I think mm -hmm. in my life when I've parented in more of the authoritarian way of you're home late, you need a consequence, go to your room. This is so disrespectful. All of those thoughts that we can think sometimes it's so freeing to just allow yourself to give your kids grace, give yourself grace, like nothing has gone wrong and have that conversation. Then you can find a solution. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. is it just the 15 minutes you need? Do you need the reminder? And it's guiding them. Right. Well, and even, and them being able to feel heard also makes the outcome something that they can buy into, you know? And so when you have those conversations telling them, you know, I would love to be the parent that can fall asleep before their kids get home and know everything's okay, but I can't, and I'm exhausted. So that's why I need you to come home by midnight. That's as late as I can stay up and still function on the rest <laughs> of the weekend. Or, you know, 
I'm so sorry that none of your other friends have curfews. I understand that their parents are okay with that, but it just doesn't work for me. So how can we meet in the middle? What can we do so that you don't feel like you're always the one, you know, with all the rules. And I don't feel like I'm always the one with a kid who never keeps the rules. And so just, just opening that up instead of being so serious about everything. Yes. So many good tips for conversations that we can have with our kids. So tell us where we can follow you and where we can buy this book. I like me anyway. Yes. So I am on Instagram and I'm really active there at Brooke Romney writes. Um, I try to focus on teens twice a week so that you can get like lots of good teen information. My book is on Amazon and audible and I have a website, brookromney.com. If you want to look up past articles or have something that's a little bit more searchable and easy to easy to find um, past articles links to other podcasts that I've done and a link to my book. Perfect. So much good stuff there. I'm excited for all of my listeners to get to know you if they don't follow you already. And I'll put all of your information in my show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for listening to the parenting in the middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my most requested training is available to you right now for free. Grab my how to avoid a power struggle with your teen over on my website, kristengoodmancoaching.com. Simply click on the here's how button and you'll be in. Interested in working with me one-on-one? I've got a four-week intro course to self-coaching that you won't want to miss. Find more info at kristengoodmancoaching.com forward slash self-coaching mastery. Thanks again for listening. Remember, you are the best parent for your teen. Talk to you soon.